Welcome to Mental Wealth, the podcast to invest in your mind. Here I will help you make sense of your mind and behaviours, giving you the tools to have your best life. There is so much to share, so let's get into this episode and explore another great topic. Welcome to episode 38. And in this episode, we're going to really drill down and talk about boundaries, boundaries to keep you happy, boundaries to keep you safe, and boundaries for all sorts of things. And I'm delighted to say that I'm sharing this space with a very special lady. So I'd like to welcome Becky Field. Oh, thanks, Alison. It's lovely to be here. Thank you for asking me. Oh, it's brilliant. So tell everyone a little bit about you first. Okay, so I'm a dog mum. Uh, I've been partners with Alan for just over 30 years. I can't believe that. Um, I live in Marple. I work from home. I work with uh, small business owners, but also coaches as well, just to look after their well-being while they're running a business. Um, and yeah, that's that's me. I've a newly found love of the gym uh, in the last six months, uh, which I'm delighted about. And uh, yeah. I have very, very firm boundaries, which is always a good sign. Isn't it? So you're a perfect person to have in on this episode. Because I think one of the things I observe, you know, with the way that we all are, we're wired, aren't we, to be liked, uh, to want to do things that please people. But it just means that we are probably going to not put ourselves first or not have a boundary that keeps ourselves safe. And I'd love us to just explore some of the challenges as to why we don't do it. And then also lots of tips on how to keep. And if you're the queen of boundaries, then you can definitely (laughs) definitely share some insights for us. So let's have a just think about some of the behaviours that I certainly see, and I'm sure you do as well, Becky, why people find it difficult to stick to a boundary, create a boundary, don't even realise that they need one. What kind of things do you often hear people say? Well, I think, to be honest, sometimes it's because it's generational. So they're just doing what they've always known to do. Uh, The expectation that that is to continue the pattern. Uh, For some people, they desperately, desperately want to be liked, uh, loved, nurtured, all of those things that quite often, which obviously we need, that's just a normal normal thing. Um, But usually it's because, you know, they they haven't, I suppose sometimes they just haven't ever stopped to ask themselves what is important to them. It's not really a place where most people go, do you know what, I think I'm going to think about myself today. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think think you raise a good point. I think just not, we're so in auto, aren't you, with day-to-day lives you know we have a lot of patterns and habits in our day you know we you might have the same routine in the morning but you also have the same routine in the way that you think about things and the way that you do things and I think you know working with people like us helps Mm. create that space to pause and actually think well what do I do why do I do that and what what am I doing there and does it serve me and actually asking you self does it serve you? Is it working for you? We often don't do, do we? So that's our first thing, isn't it? Is that we actually need to stop and think about what are we doing and what are we not doing? Yeah, yeah. And it's also about allowing yourself uh, time to do that, which is, you know, if you're, a, you know, a busy parent or carer or you just, like I say, we just don't do it. And often, you know, challenging ourselves to, to stop and just go, 
okay. But quite often, I think I was saying to somebody yesterday, um, Alison, that quite often we reach a point where it's almost like the straw that's broke the camel's back. We reach a point that we can't take anymore. And that's when we learn to stop and say, now what, what do I need to do? Yeah. Um, which is such a shame, which is it such is. a shame. But I think it's a good point because sometimes we are ignoring. We know that we need to be doing different things, but we're ignoring, aren't we? And I think, you know, for, for me, the whole point of this podcast is to try and prevent people from hitting that brick wall, yeah. prevent the burnout, prevent the literally where people have broken themselves because they have pushed and pushed and pushed, pushed in directions that are not right for them and certainly put up with things that are 100% not right for them. Yeah, yeah. And there's a saying in a lot of 12-step fellowships that I belong to, you know, that we we get to the point where we accept the unacceptable or the unacceptable becomes normal. And both of those both of those statements are absolutely true. And we just live yeah. accepting the unacceptable because nobody's there to challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, that's where coaching comes in. As you know, it's invaluable where even if you just listen or watch or where, however you access any form of coaching, just to really stop and just spend 10 minutes just pondering certain questions that would make all the difference. I think so. I love to use the word curiosity there. You know, if you're just going to pause, just even just self-coach, just write stuff down, write your thoughts down and just be in that space where you're just like, wow, I wonder why I might be doing that or I wonder why that might have happened in there. There might be just some magic that just pops up for you. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously your journal is just perfect to do that, isn't it, on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's fantastic. I think it's, you know, if you're anything like me, anything stationary, anything journaling, it's just fantastic. And again, it forces you to sit down and just think about your day and think about what you want. Brilliant. I love that. So let's come back to boundaries then. And let's come back to one of the things or some of the things that I hear people say which I think is critical to to say out loud because that's the whole point of this podcast and lots of others is to hear other people saying these things out loud that everyone's doing or lots of people are doing. Because when we hear, oh, other people do that, okay, it's not just me. So all the things that I say are to show us that it's not just you. And one of the things I hear a lot of people say around boundaries is they're worried about feeling selfish, rude. It feels uncomfortable to, for the first time, maybe to actually say no or yes or something else. And I think that needs just airing, doesn't it? Just that thing about being rude or selfish because you've put yourself first or you've, you've said no to something. What's, what's your take on that, Becky? Yeah, the um, that's definitely one of the things. But what I always say is give yourself time. You don't have to really cut it off as a firm no. There's always ways of, because I work with so many people who, who lead with empathy. So they care too much. Not that they can care too much, but that's how they feel. They care too much and they yeah. definitely don't want to say no. So I say, okay, let's look at the alternatives to no. Let's look at how we can say no, but in a softer way that really suits the person, the individual saying it. Nice. So a lot of people I say, give, you know, give yourself 
the gift of time to go, can I get back to you on this? Yeah. Would it be okay if I followed up in a week's time just to let you know where I'm at? And it's just that gift of time which will make the huge difference, especially if you're the sort of person, if someone says, can you help me? And you just go, yes, straight yeah. away. Exactly. Um, and before they even know, some people say <laughs> yes, before they even know what they're saying yes to, which is exactly. Legal. Exactly. Again, wanting to please, isn't it? Wanting to yeah. say yes because it, they think that's the right thing to do. And I think one of yeah. the, um, you know, I, I love your ideas of, and I would work with people in the same way of, you know, how can you say no without saying no? Can I do it here or, you know, would this be okay for this? But I think one of the flips that I often get people to think about is if somebody does that to them, so if someone yeah. says, oh, I can't today, but I can next week, is that okay? And of course, yeah. Yeah. So why yeah. is it different for you? Why yeah. don't you remember that it's the other person nine times out of 10? You know, I always remind people, unless you're working in A&E where everything is immediate, <laughs> yeah. um, you don't need to be jumping like this. And and I always mm. think it's really interesting when you say to somebody, well, would it be okay if the other person, if A and other person said this? Yeah, yeah, of course it will be. It'd be fine. You know, maybe they're busy. Maybe they're just looking after themselves. So what? So when you hear somebody looking after themselves, what do you think of them? Well, I think they're great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's in it, another way is to to really acknowledge that vulnerability and say to people, "Do you know what, Alison? I really struggle to say no, but I'm going to have to say no in this case." And that is so open, transparent. People know where they stand with you. And also, it's not you don't stumble over your words. like but, but, Because actually, and that's where there's something called the winner's triangle that I always use, where assertiveness is top of that triangle that says, OK, I really struggle with saying no. Uh, but I'm going to have to say no at this point. And, and and that is everyone's so grateful because what that does is give your give the other person permission to say no as well, nice. um, which yeah, is just that. so lovely. Yeah. One of my things, Becky, I don't know whether you've uh, come across this before. But one of my things is when people say yes, if they say yes wholeheartedly because they want to do it, they've got the capacity to do it, they've got the energy, they've got the time. Great. At the minute you say yes to something that then triggers anger, frustration, yeah. overwhelm, any any negative emotion where you're suddenly saying yes, where you might be blaming yourself for saying yes, you might be blaming the other person for making you yeah. do this thing, <laughs> making you when you said yes. I call those dirty yeses. Mm, I like that. Because like that. you've not said yes wholeheartedly. You've said yes, and underneath, you're riddled with annoyance, frustration, anger, etc. That's not a yes. No, no. And I think that's lovely because actually, if we think about, you know, coaching and coaching models, clean language is basically being transparent, is being really, really clear. And um so that's a really con good contrast to dirty yeses. <laughs> exactly. But it, but if it, but a clean yes would be, yes, of course, and I can do it, and I feel great about doing it, I feel energised, I feel happy. If there's a bit of a, we've got to do either your softer yes and say, yeah. I can, but not now, or could I do it then, or is there an alternative or whatever? Or maybe sometimes we do need to be brave and just say no. 
that's not yeah. right for me. Because that's the yeah. other thing that I think we we lose sight of is being authentic to ourselves. You know, there's there's wanting to fit in, there's trying to do things because people are telling me it's the right thing to do. But if it's not what you want to do, mm-hmm. and you can say, actually, no, I don't want to go that place or do that thing. And then tap into that feeling of having empowered yourself. I think that is a special space that is quite weird for lots of people because they don't feel able to say no. And then they don't really enjoy the feeling of having said no. So they get the whole thing's lost. Absolutely. And then you then you're in this vicious cycle of berating yourself. But another another thing that I've said actually only this morning to somebody was you know, even if you can't do it, but you can volunteer somebody else or introduce somebody else who could do it, that is still helping. And a lot of people I work with are natural helpers yeah. um, and they really, really want to help. But sometimes by actually putting them in front of somebody different is is helping even more because you're literally helping somebody else, but sure. also making a great introduction to people. Yeah, I love that. Brilliant. And I think something else that popped in my mind when you said that, Becky, was there are times where people are asking us to do things that that aren't the right thing, not because you need to say no, but because the other person needs to take responsibility for themselves. And again, there are lots of people, particularly women, who Mm. get involved in doing things that actually the other person needs to take that wholeheartedly responsibility. And actually by doing it, you're, you're creating and continuing the problem. Yeah, absolutely. And in, again, if you don't mind me saying in 12-step fellowships, they call that enabling. You know, we're enabling people to stay in a position where they, they don't take responsibility, yeah. um, which is really hard, especially, like you say, parents, women, whoever who feel overly responsible for somebody um but I always like to say it's like a safety net and sometimes some people need to fall so that they then take that responsibility exactly Um, it's it's real you know for for somebody who's empathic who's caring so much they find that really hard just to pull that rug under um but I've from experience I've seen the power of of stopping enabling people um and how empowering that is to the person, like you say, to give them responsibility. Um, it's just wonderful to watch. It really is. And I think so for some, uh, and I'm sure you, you're, I've got a few people in your minds as I say this, for them to be able to say no or not me, mm-hmm. if they think they are maybe helping the other person, Sometimes that can be the driver, can't it? So actually, when they get their heads round, if I keep saying yes to this person, I'm just disabling them, I'm just disempowering them. If I'm saying no, but actually, ultimately, I'm helping them, then some of those empaths find that easier, don't they, to say, well, I'm doing it because it's the right thing to do for that person. Then again, they're not that self-focused. Yeah, absolutely. And I there's an exercise that um, I do is draw a line down the middle. So if you're saying no, what you're actually saying yes to on the flip side so like you say if they're saying no but actually thinking of the other person because that's the only way that they can work or that's their natural preference they will go well what that actually gives them is the yes to them being responsible to standing on their own two feet 
to find in their own direction. Um, really hard, really hard for people. <laughs> it really is. But again, it's that trialing these things, isn't it? You know, we, you and I can sit here. I know for me personally, I've learnt boundaries. I didn't used to have them. I've learned. Yeah. But one of the things that I think is really important to remember is that we we all know lots of things that we should be doing. Yeah. Boundaries being one of them. Yeah. But until you've had a try mm. and started to feel comfortable with the benefit, yeah. you individually won't probably try it. So it's a bit yeah. like going to the gym. You know, first, you don't feel the benefit. It's hard work. It's you know, more, more, less motivated. Then suddenly, oh, you start feeling a little bit nicer in your clothes or just a little bit fitter or, you you know, you, you can see the results on the machine and then you're motivated. So for me, yeah. some of these things that we've got to try and get going, we have to push ourselves very consciously yeah. to make them happen. And then eventually it's like, yes, it does work. I'll keep doing it rather than it be just something that somebody else is telling you you should be doing. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're anything like me, if someone tells me I should do something, I dig my heels in even further. (laughs) (laughs) But all I say, you know, say to people, just practice saying these things to the mirror, you know, I'll get back to you on that. Or practice with your friends who aren't going to, who know what you like, but who aren't going to, respond in a way that's really negative to you if you say no just say look can I you know even with your closest friends I'm just practicing something for a month if I say no to you will you you know and and just do it that way and yeah. uh, I you, think I've seen go on sorry I was just gonna say because we've got to feel the benefit haven't we we've either got to feel oh, yeah. the benefit of taking that ownership of self and our time and our energy We've got to be able to learn how to check in. I mean, I think that's the other thing that I often think if we could create some sort of a little checklist, if somebody asks you to do something or you you might not even be to do something as in a job, it might just be to go somewhere or do something. I imagine if we could have like a little checklist, you know, do I want to do it? Have I got the energy to do it? Uh, Have I got the money to do it? Have I got the capacity to do it? So basically tick, tick, tick. Yeah. I'll wholeheartedly say yes. But as soon as there's a, do you know what? I'm not feeling it. I feel a bit yeah. tired, burnt out. We've got to learn to check in with ourselves, haven't we? Yeah. And I do that. I have three questions. So if I want to buy something, so I have three questions. So it's funny you should say that. Can I afford it? <laughs> Will it make me happy? Most things usually do make me happy, Alison, to be honest. <laughs> and does it fit the bigger picture? Nice. You know, or is it a bargain? I love a bargain as well. That's being brought up in Southport with car boots. But loads of questions. So if I say three yeses to it, I will go and buy it. But like you say, you know, ask yourself. So choose three questions. And I always say use the language that you like. Yep. So like you say, do I really want to go? You know, do I really want to go? Um, will this make me happy? Whatever is driving that person. So whether, you know, will it, does it mean a greater connection with my friends? Whatever is driving, just asking yourself, like you say, those three questions. And again, that is part of that gift of time. Yeah. If you have your three questions, you're not saying yes instantly. Can I get back to you? Can I get back to you tomorrow? Perfect. 
just gives you that gift of time. Yeah. And remembering that if somebody else does that to you, usually it's okay. So why isn't it okay for you to be the one that's exactly. taking that step forward? Let's yeah. talk a little bit about self-boundaries, Becky, and kind of yeah. how you, because you've obviously just shared with us that you've, you've recently started the gym and you love the gym. What about self-boundaries? Because sometimes it's easier, isn't it, to set a promise with somebody else yeah. and then you don't want to let them down. But then when it comes yeah. to ourselves, we can be the first ones to stop doing something because, oh, it's only us. I, I know yeah, that yeah. I know that, that uh, mechanism works for me. If I've promised somebody else, then I'm much more likely to do it if I promise myself. And if there's yeah. anything-ish, I might not go. What's your yeah. thoughts on that sort of self and what's your strategies if you've got... So, yeah, no, it's... it's um... Again, it goes back to what's more important. So, uh, I mean, I don't, I'm not a fit fit person by any stretch of the marks. And I, and I always used to say to myself, I'm not a morning person. And again, it's similar to the boundary stuff is where when it gets to a certain point, you know, it's not really an option anymore. So, for example, I'll tell you the story anyways. I, I was put on statins and uh, they didn't make me feel good at all. I was on them for two years made me feel awful but I didn't know it was them I just thought it was at that age blah 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 and um anyway once once I decided to come off them and I felt a lot better then I had to make a choice either I go back on them or I do something about it so again I reached a point where I had a choice and again I have to ask myself what do I want more and for me, I don't want to feel the way I did on statin. So what do I have to do? I have to go to the gym and start doing something to strengthen right. my heart. Right. So finding so, a little uh, hook. It's like a little hook really yes. then, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's like anything. You know, I don't deprive myself of anything, Alison. <laughs> um, I really don't. But it's kind of like, do I want, you know, we talk about weight loss, anything like that. Do I want this cake more than I want the loss today when I was doing loads and loads of diets? I don't do them anymore. But it's things like that. It's weighing up. You know, if I say yes to this again, what am I saying no to? Yeah, I like that. You know, yeah. and that's how I do it. I make, make me sound like I'm perfect. I'm really not. <laughs> no, but we're being inspired by you because you said yourself, you recently found the gym as, as something yeah. that obviously is working for you. So I think it's uh, it's always good to hear, you know, what what is needed. Something that I sometimes do for myself, particularly if I'm tapped into feeling a little bit depleted, a little bit overwhelmed, maybe just not quite right. Uh, a little checklist I often have for myself is what am I doing too much of? Yeah. What yeah. am I not doing enough of? What should I stop doing altogether? Yeah. And what shall I start? And and the stop yeah. and start usually has just one, whereas the other two might have a couple of things because I might have suddenly realized I've stopped, I don't know, whatever, listening to some podcast that I used to listen to that I really enjoyed. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. But for me, it's that, you know, one small thing that you yeah. can just start doing. Because I know for a lot of people, especially with the way that we all live today, there are so many things that you can be doing for yes. for well-being and for yourself. Yeah. Sometimes we become disabled, don't we? Because there's almost too many and we can't possibly do them all. And, yeah. you know, then the uh, yeah. self-beating comes in. Exactly. I'm just, it's funny you should say that. I've just started a book called Just One Thing. Oh, and it, really? it's a 
every single chapter is about just adding just one thing into your day and once you've got that so that's why I've I've stayed at the gym because I'm working with a you know it says is a group because it, he basically Connor my the PT says you just change one thing at a time Becky and you know what with you just saying that now and reading that book it is so focus you know my focus has been let's come off the statins I'm off the statins my focus has been come off HRT come off I've done done that and then my next thing is increased water and it's like you say you know it's but again if I was left to my own device devices I would do all of it and not succeed yeah because you do a little Where, bit of this and a little bit of that and then you forget and then you yeah and I asked, you know, and it's asking us uh, um, another mentor, which I can see my PT as a mentor, to guide me and say, this is what long-term success looks like. Yeah. You know, and even though it's not long-term, it's but six months to somebody who's never done anything in 48 years is long-term. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. But we do, you know, to, to make these things successful, whatever it is that we're all talking about, you know, whatever, whoever's listening, whatever your thing is that you want to get going, it is it is that self-boundary. It is that kind of yeah. uh, how you're going to do it. But then there's a load of boundaries around other people and yeah. what impact they're going to try and have on you and your yeah. time. Because, you know, we are all being pulled potentially from pillar to post and you've got to decide. I mean, I, you know, my thing, the end of this podcast, you know, in the outro, I say, what's the one small thing that you can take from this conversation, yeah. you know, because you can't okay. take everything that we've talked okay. about, but if you can go for one and really try and think about that one, then for me, you've made a big step. Yeah. And it's like you say, there are, if you're in a family, if you live with other people, you, of course, you have to consider other people. That's, but at the same time, if you fit it in with you and be really assertive, it's not about being a great, just saying, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. Being assertive, transparent, then everybody else, I'd call it like a dance, Alison. So you just change your dance and they have to learn the moves or they don't. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, I often remind people that sometimes when you do make a change, it can be quite a shock. Yeah. So that's why doing it gently, doing it yeah. kind of for everyone, for yourself and yeah. others, you know, we yeah. don't want to be doing massive transformational shifts and changing everything and everybody around you is going, what <laughs> happened there? You know, that doesn't work. But sometimes we have to, you know, retrain people to to fit in with, with our plans. And actually what I often observe is, when you make a change, people change around you. So interestingly, yeah. I was talking to somebody yesterday and no, Saturday, I ran a, a workshop around uh, prior time, really juggling time and things. And uh, one of the things that she said, she had the culture that she works in, no one takes lunches. They all sit at the desk and that's just kind of expected. And if you say you're going to go out for a walk or something, everyone sort of like glares at you. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. by the end of the uh, hour and a half that we were together in this group, I asked everybody, what's the one small thing that you're going to take a change for? And she said, I'm going to go for lunch. I'm going to walk yeah, around the block for 20 minutes at lunch. Yeah. And I said, she said, I will be looked at. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, what will be interesting is the ripple effect is yeah. what if after you've done it for a couple of days, somebody else says, do you know what? I'll come with you. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. brilliant. I hope, do you know what? I've got a little goose pimps. I hope yeah. it does happen. <laughs> There'll be outrage. 
she works in the NHS. And yeah, she said it's such a such a bad culture. And and then the yeah. other thing that I always think is so important to 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 say is when you do do that. So you do take mm. take a boundary to say nope, I'm going to stop. I'm going to have a proper twenty minute break or half an hour even. God, long gone are the days where we used to have an hour for lunch. Um, but you take that break, or you realise yeah. that your head's fuzzed, and you just say, do you know what, I'm done. I'm going to shut my laptop and I'm going to go and do something else. If you do that, I know it takes bravery when you're busy. I, I get that. It, it's te- very tempting to just think, I'll just do this and I'll just get this and I'll just get that. But the risk of you burning out is obviously the longer term plan uh, yeah. risk. But the small in the short term, you're not being effective. So actually, mm. if you take that 20 minutes, half an hour or whatever you've got, come back having had a change of scenery, having put that place, that time for you, you'll come back and you'll probably smash the work. Absolutely. Absolutely. I um, I do a frisbee throw with the dog. So whenever I finish something, I'll go outside in the garden and we throw frisbee for a little while. I've got two dogs, but one, one of them will chase the frisbee. And then I feel amazing. Exactly. Only for five minutes and then I'll come back in and crack on with the next, exactly. you know, the next task. But we feel like we have to glue ourselves to to our work yeah. or our, or if you're not working, you know, you're gluing yourself to something that's, you just need to change your scenery. The brain doesn't yeah. work in this sort of one, one, one thing, does it? No. And I used to walk around, I'll, I'll disclose this because I've left now, I used to walk around with a piece of paper going, and I used to walk around the whole of the college with a bit of paper. There was like, I just so I could go for a walk. But I looked as if I was doing something. So that's a top tip for you. I love that. Make yourself look busy, but really be going on a walk. (laughs) I love that. Brilliant. Oh, Becky, it's been absolutely lovely to share this space with you and hopefully just help people see that, you know, so many people are in the same space. And yet we often know what we need to do, but we don't pause and stop and think about how can I change up? what's going on you know we're rolling we roll weeks you know people keep saying oh the weeks are galloping by yeah they are but at at what expense yeah exactly exactly that yeah and thank you so much it's been wonderful to speak to you oh lovely thank you Becky for coming and sharing all your wisdom with us today thank you for listening and sharing in this episode of mental wealth Remember, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcast. My last question to you is what is the one small thing that you can take action on from this episode? Message me on Instagram or through our website with questions you'd like me to explore. You'll find the links in the show notes. I'll be back with more tools and tips to make sense of your mind in the next episode. In the meantime, be kind to yourself. Bye for now. Oh, 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 oh,